Hey guys, this is Steve Van Cor. Uh, this week's episode is excellent. It's David Scott, who's the Director of Economic Development and Strategy for the City of Boynton Beach. And we've not really delved into economic development before. And he talks a little bit about the tools of the trade, some of the strategies they employ to grab target industries, bring them to Boynton, divert people who might otherwise go elsewhere, and how they use the power of the city just being in the right place to coordinate uh, different elements of bringing and landing a business in the community. Uh, what's interesting about Boynton, and it's not quite there yet, right? It's It's got a lot of potential, and you're going to hear that in, in uh, Mr. Scott's enthusiasm. Uh, you know, we've, everybody has heretofore, when we've asked them what's their favorite thing about their city, they always give us something interesting about what's already there, what David's position is, what's not there that there's potential to do. Join us with David Scott. Uh, I think you're going to like this one. Greetings, I'm Steve Van Cor. This is the FCCMA podcast, a service produced by and for the Florida City and County Management Association. As you're well aware by now, I'm your host. Each episode, we interview a city or a county leader who's in a position to share interesting and useful insights into the operations of local government here in the Sunshine State. And today we're going to do something a little different. You know, uh, heretofore, uh, we've done over 60 interviews. Most of them have been with city managers or county administrators. And uh, what I love about this, this is going to be a little bit more of a focused um, conversation. We're, we're, we're talking today with David Scott, who works in the city of Boynton Beach, and he is the director of economic development and strategy. Now, what I'm what I'm fascinated about this is in your role as a city manager, county administrator, of course, you have lots of duties, lots of roles. And one of those has to be, absolutely has to be economic development. And so, uh, David, thank you so much for being with us. So I really want to kind of get right into what does that really look like? What does that mean? Thank you, Steve. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Uh, I really do love what I do. One, one of the things that is uh, very important to me. Um, I've been with the city for a little over five years now, um, enjoying my job. We really are focused as a city on economic development. I, most of my career has been in the public sector over 30 years, um, on and off with a little bit of private as well. Mm-hmm. South Florida was my territory. I used to work for a firm, a little firm called AECOM. And if you know AECOM, a large international engineering firm. Uh, but I also so you work have a, for... You have a background in planning and engineering. Yes. Okay. Uh, so uh, I've been in ver- various cities. And I just wanted to just let you know that that helped me um, along my career. Um, understanding the city of Atlanta, uh, city of Baltimore, all those places uh, where I worked as well. Uh, but coming to Florida has been an experience. Uh, we are sitting right in South Palm Beach County. We have our sister cities, West Palm Beach, Boca Raton, um, Del Rey as well. And we are, as the city of Boynton Beach, is the third largest city uh, in Palm Beach County. About so we about, work about 70,000 people, right? About seven. Uh, no, actually 80. 
A little okay. over 80,000. Yeah, and growing. Um, and if you look at the numbers, we're actually getting younger. Uh, our population age, average age is getting younger. So we we really are focused on the new demographic that's coming to, to the city of uh, Boynton Beach as well as Palm Beach County. Uh, we work well with the Business Development Board, which is the uh, the arm of the county that attracts business development to the county. And we understand that a lot of our businesses that are moving from the Northeast and other larger cities are settling in Palm Beach County. And the Palm Beach County is actually one of the richer counties in, 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 the, in the state right now. And so we understand from an economic development perspective, we partner with the BDB and, and our sister cities and understand what our niche is. And as economic development- Yeah, I was going to say, tell me what your niche is, because you know, if you sure. have, like Florida, we have a thousand people a day moving here, right? And so things are going to grow, but you, you're going to have targeted industry. You're going to want to you're going to want to direct some of that stuff your way. Tell me a little bit about that, because if I mean, listen, I come to Palm Beach, I can locate in Delray. I can locate in Boynton. I can locate in West Palm. Why? Why am I picking Boynton? And what are the tools you have to say to people? Come come to Boynton. Well, you know, of course, uh, I just love Boynton. Uh, Boynton has a, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of amenities here. But one of the things that we can say that we're still relatively affordable um, with respect to the surrounding cities and, and, and within South Palm Beach County. Um, the other thing we say is we recognize that we are a city of small businesses. Over 80% of our businesses have less than 10 employees. So we aren't necessarily looking for the headquarters, the large hedge funds to move to the city, but we recognize that our strengths are those accountants, those attorneys, those service providers that service those uh, those larger firms. So is that, focus, is that what you're targeting? You want to stay that way? Or are you saying because we don't have a lot of competition for big business, we're welcoming and trying to lure them in? Well, I say we, we're open to both. Uh, we are focused on our our, our our sectors, which are strong sectors. We have a good marine, a large marine sector. Uh, aerospace is another one of those sectors that um, uh, survives and thrives here in the city of Boynton Beach. And there are quite a few others. We have a large healthcare. We have Beth, uh, Baptist Bethesda Hospital located here. So a lot of our employees are around the medical industry. Uh, so we recognize and uh, leverage those strengths that we have right here in the city. And we, I'm, I'm surprised again, to hear aerospace. What, what's the core uh, businesses and related to aerospace? Well, we have aero, some small aerospace manufacturers. In fact, we came across uh, one that actually did parts for um, some of the uh, uh, aerospace and rocket industry. Um, some of the small pieces that go into some of the weaponry is created here. So uh, we do discover uh, and find that when we focus on those, those sectors, we're able to grow those. And uh, let me focus on Marines a little bit. We have we have our marina right down where the closest point to the Gulf Stream. So we have fishing tournaments here. We, we really do focus on that support. Then we also have those industries that support the marine industry. But let me back up a little bit to your original question. Yeah. What makes us unique? We focus rather on the economic development saying, well, here we are as economic developers. Uh, we want to focus on the city as a whole. What we focus on is really creating clusters. So I call them experience centers. We want to 
market ourselves as a brewery district so that you could wake up in Delray or West Palm Beach and say, this is what I want to do. I want to hang out in the brewery district. I want to spend money in the brewery district. And we have those residences that are spring up in and around our brewery district. We also have, and I mentioned the hospital. So wait, pause also, there for a second with me. So do you yeah, literally sure. create a brewery district and, and, and give certain incentives to bring brewers downtown or to that area? Or is that just that's, that happens organically? No, that's, that's our, that's our secret. I mean, that's the, that's the secret right, sauce. So let's, that, let's tell it, me your secret. I won't share I it with anybody. Will. I promise. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> One of our secrets, you think about some of the, those cities that have been very successful, Miami. Miami has successful. One of the uh, examples that I'll use is Wynwood. Wynwood has branded itself as a specific target market. It has grown. Residents are moving there now, and it is continuing to expand as a successful model that started out with just warehouses. We look at ourselves that way and look at our individual communities and creating those cultural districts with or destinations or experience centers built around those industries that serve as placemaking uh, where people want to live, I call it live, work, and play. I, I find a place where I feel a sense of belonging. That's where I want to live. If I find a place where my kids can grow up or I find a place that supports my lifestyle, that's where I want to be. I'll move there. I'll live there and I want to spend money there and I want to raise a family in that location. So we're so going I, down to I'm the micro district. So level. let me give you two examples that I think that speak to that. So you mentioned Wynwood. So a dilapidated high crime, high drug area uh, in my Miami Dade. And they went ahead and, and took down some of the uh, irreparable buildings, right? The city bought up some of those. I think they put a CRA down there. And then, and that's where they painted all the, 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 they brought in artists and painted all the murals. Am I, am I in the right place? That's correct. Yeah. And then now it's got a cool vibe and now restaurants, shops, uh, retailers started locating there, converting some of those warehouses to residences. Good planning, right? Good way to turn a, a, you know, kind of like Soho, New York. The other New York example is the High Line, right? You have a dilapidated railroad track. You convert it into a park. And now they can't build buildings fast enough alongside of it. So how That's do you, it. and what are you working on in Boynton that could serve as an example where you're doing, so you're trying to transform an area of your city that may have not been a good economic driver, but now is? Well, we certainly are, we built, we're starting Town Square. Uh, we have a new city hall now. It's a great example of a P3. Uh, we are now moving into the private phase and a private developer will be on site. But it turned into a uh, a great partnership between the private sector and the public sector, where we got a new city hall built. We have a brand new cultural center built. We have a new fire station, a new police station. And in return, there was a, a, a relationship built with the developer, uh, E2L, where there's a private uh, land swap where we will end up with uh apartments, mixed-use development, new retail, creating a sense of downtown okay. along our main street, which is Ocean um, Ocean Avenue. Again, if we get to that micro-level planning, which I call micro-district, 
if I can create a main street feel and you think of some of these other cities like um, some smaller cities in Charlotte or North Carolina, um, where you have a nice small main walkable main street that has a different vibe than say Congress, our Congress Avenue, which is uh, our, our retail district uh, and, and has our great Boynton Beach Mall, which is about to undergo renovation soon. So you heard about the mall closing, uh, not closing, but uh, going into foreclosure. Um, that Washington Prime has come out of that. Boynton Beach Mall is one of the assets that they ended up keeping. And they will be turning that into a destination as well. So again, our strategy around economic development is creating destinations. Those and destinations. One, one tool in your tool chest, you, you mentioned, I don't want to skip past that. You, you, you'll buy a piece of property. The city will buy a piece of property, repair it, get into position, and then say to a target business, we'll give this to you or we'll give it to you at a low, below value. We'll hold off on taxes or whatever to, if you're one of our target businesses, is that, is that how that works? That's, that's one of the examples. That's one of the approaches and tools in our toolbox. This CRA or the city will purchase property. That also helps the property remain affordable uh, for those that uh, want to build here. Uh, also, those that want to live here, as you know, one of our challenges is to continue to keep the community affordable for our workforce. I, I was just uh, going to go there because, <laughs> you know, with with so many people moving to Florida with low unemployment, but high underemployment, the cost of how the inventory of homes is, is and we're, we're reading now today that it's starting to loosen up, but the inventory of homes is so short, pricing is going up, and in particular, South Florida with the cost of homeowners insurance etc. So what, what, you know, you're in the economic development business, right? You're in the, let's bring jobs here. Let's get businesses to come here. How does that marry up with, well, great. We got a new company, a new aerospace company that's going to come in here. How does that marry up with a shortage of housing? Sure. We, we, well, you know, business attraction is not just, we need businesses here. The businesses are looking for the workforce. They need the workers here as well. So they're looking for the diversity in, in workforce, uh, diversity in income, maybe diversity in culture, diversity in age. So when we talk about diversity and equity, we look at uh, how do we include all of our populations in that conversation? And businesses do look to find that diverse workforce. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Because I, you know, I would have always thought. Listen, I, I I I assemble PVC pipes for a living. I need PVC pipe assemblers. Uh, I'm a biochemical company. I need people with backgrounds in chemistry and physics and engineering or whatever. What you're saying is businesses are also looking for diverse uh, workforces, culturally diverse workforces as well. Absolutely. When did you see that? Uh, that I mean, that's that's within the last 10 years. Well, if you look at a lot of those, a lot of our cities that have been successful at creating these places, what we call put the placemaking and clustering. Those businesses are looking to locate in areas where they have employees that like to be close to where they work. And if they can find the, um, the homes, the culture, the lifestyle, they, those employees will want to work in those businesses. Let's say you have a coffee shop. The coffee shop wants to relocate to a certain area but their, uh, their, their workforce is not available. That makes it difficult for that coffee shop to, right. to relocate. There. So what does the city so, do to help? 
Uh, how did, how can the city help on that? Well, from an economic development perspective, I'm I'm not only looking to attract the business here, I'm also making sure that we'd like to make sure that we build the ecosystem that supports those workers, whether I'm connecting with the um, uh, career source that will help us train up a lot of our, our, our residents, or I'm connecting to Palm Beach State College to provide training opportunities, or I'm working with our chamber, our Boca Boynton Chamber, to create okay. opportunities for internships or workforce development so I could connect people into good paying jobs. So we have a opportunity. So like if a radiology company says, hey, man, we're looking for a place to go, you can say, hey, we'll work with the local community college uh, or state college to put in training for radiologists, uh, not physicians, obviously it would take bigger, but radio tech, radiology technicians, et cetera partner with them, and then find a way to leverage local housing so they can have a place to live. Absolutely. We'll, we'll okay. make those connections. We'll certainly now lead. Each them. one is so multifaceted. How do you manage all those? We, we have a responsibility to lean in. <laughs> so that's our, that's our role as economic development. Uh, we have to lean in. We can't let it happen. We have to create the energy around the business attraction and the workforce development. So it, it becomes a marriage of the two in order to be successful. And the third part is bringing the community and the stakeholders to the table, because if we do that, the community has the buy-in. They will also have resources out there. They're well, you, you're you're more, instead of having just a bunch of arrows you fire, it, it sounds to me like it's it's a collaborative work effort, and then you pull out those arrows as needed. Absolutely. There are a lot of nonprofits out there that do work. If we tap into those resources as well, they become part of that ecosystem that looks to the success of Boynton Beach, whether that's can, the work. Can you give me a success well. story that you like to tell at the cocktail at the cocktail hour? Uh, for uh, from economic development? Uh, yeah. Certainly. We well, we had a uh, company move to the city that was looking to hire. They were in the medical field. Um, and they wanted to hire several hundred employees, 600 by the, by the way, 600 employees. So we leaned, again, leaned in. We helped them find a space. We helped them with uh, parking. We helped them f connect with the BDB and other resources, such as uh, career source to source for 600 jobs. And we continue to to do that on their behalf and continue to support them as they continue to grow and expand. They so were that was partners. really just about connecting them to the right persons and organizations to know who to call for labor, who to call for education, who to call for land. Who So basically coordinating and bringing them together. That's correct. That is correct. And so you didn't have to give taxes away, stuff like that. <laughs> And that's a, that's our role. We we as a city, uh, from a city manager, county administrator perspective, we are not here to we can't afford to do everything. Uh, but so it's important for us to find those partners and stakeholders that come to the table to help us be successful. And that's what we do. We are those conveners. We bring people together. Yeah, and, and that is that is value added because I got to tell you, this arms race of tax reductions, tax breaks to lure people here. And the only reason a lot of cities are doing it, you talk to people off record and say, well, it's because everybody else is. We have to. That's it. We have to. 
We have to. We can't do it ourselves. We can't. We can't buy ourselves out of this. You know, out of our challenges. Rents go. I mean, the property values continue to go up. The cost of living continues to go up. It is our role to make sure that we keep our communities as affordable as we can, and provide this again that high quality of life that they that our residents and visitors are looking for. So, so you we mentioned have to juggle all of them. You mentioned something a little while ago. I want to I want to jump back to um, because. You hear a lot of conversations about diversity in the workplace, diversity in the government, diversity, equity, inclusion. You've worked in this area for quite some time. What 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 have you learned in pushing for uh, diversity and equity uh, initiatives that you would share with with fellows? Some of the traps, some of the opportunities, some of the advantages and disadvantages. I I certainly have been in this space for quite some time, and uh, not just in Boynton, but in other cities. The value of a diverse talent pool, uh, a value of a diverse population really excites and and attracts people to your city. If I'm able to see myself in your city, I would love to come visit. I'd love to come live. I'd love to come spend money with you. We tend to go places where we feel we belong. If I can create that space where everyone sees themselves in the city of Boynton Beach, uh, we we will be successful. And our commission, uh, past commission and current commission, has been very supportive of that diversity. Uh, whether it's again, whether it's age, we. Even let's use age as an example. We have a lot of seniors and retirees that also live in the city of Boynton Beach, but our younger people that grow up here, move away, go to college, we want them to come back as well. We don't want to lose that future talent pool or those future residents. So we've got to create the space again where even there is a diversity in age and be purposeful and making sure that that exists and continues, or else you lose uh, a population that is important to your growth. So is your, so your role in uh, diversity and or the equity initiative, is that uh, an employee of the, of the government or is that a community cultural kind of effort? We looked at both. Uh, we actually partnered with FIU Mm -hmm. to come in and take a look at uh, it both internally and externally to create uh, community conversations and come up with a, and develop a community assessment on what those needs are. So they looked at the gap uh, in our communities around economic opportunity, health disparity, uh, education, public safety, and maybe one or two others, and really made some strong data-based recommendations on how we should move forward. What are we missing? One of the things that really became clear in that study was that we need to provide, from an economic development standpoint, a ecosystem that supports well-paying jobs. Because if I have well-paying jobs, I'm able to stay in my house, I'm able to address any food insecurities I may have at home, and I'm able to provide my young family with a good education. 
So by addressing and taking an economic development perspective and approach, you're able to resolve a lot of our social challenges. And equity is one of those, making sure that everyone has an opportunity in the city to be successful and to raise a family. So in if you're hiring, what, what steps does the city, let's say you're running a city and you find that the only applicants you get are, are, are one demographic, what, what steps can someone take to expand those demographics to make sure at least your, your, the pool of potential applicants is as diverse as your community or is as diverse as you feel you need it to be? I always say we have to be intentional and purposeful in our approach. So if we recognize, if we're looking to ensure that we have reached all of the different demographics, we have to be intentional in our strategies for recruitment. So we don't only look at one area or take one approach. If we need to increase our African-American population or demographic, then maybe you, you go to those spaces where you find them. Maybe you approach HBCUs um, as, as a source of educated young people who are now graduating from college. So what you're saying is, and let me make sure, sure I get this right, because I, I like what you're saying here, which is, look, if you just open the door and expect diverse applicants to come in, you're letting yourself down, you're letting your community down. What you have to do is not just open the door, but go out and invite people from different aspect areas of the community to come in. So this way you get a broad, you know, we're just talking hiring, you're hiring a director of whatever. You want to make sure you're asking through diverse channels, not just opening the door saying, oh, we only got, I'm just using it, we only got white applicants. So therefore we're off the hook. You're saying, no, you have an, you need to be intentional. You need to go out and find opportunities uh, to encourage and inspire black applicants, Hispanic applicants, minor, other minority applicants uh, to, to jump in and, and apply as well. And then, and then make them feel comfortable and understand that, you know, there's going to be cultural differences within the shop that come on in. It's going to be cool. Let's, let's talk about how we can get you engaged. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the, populations that we don't do a good job of attracting or, or bringing to the table are young people. Um, the chamber has a young professionals group. We have to be intentional about reaching that population as well, bringing them to the table. I know ICMA has their um, their youth group as well and, and bringing them to the table and hearing their ideas and what approaches should we take to make sure that the future population or future demographic or the future workforce or future leaders are part of that conversation. So we are putting in place strategies from those diverse populations to hear what their ideas are on how to reach them. We do a, we do a great job. We do a great job of telling you how we're going to do it, but we need to be intentional again about reaching that population and asking how should we engage? How can we engage? Yeah, it's funny you say that. My uh, One of my sons recently graduated, uh, proud to say valedictorian, uh, with his master's degree and had no clue how to begin looking for a job. And the university did not provide any guidance whatsoever. So your point of we got to go out and reach out to young young folks because a lot of them are frustrated and don't understand the job market. And the job market getting into it is complicated. A lot of requirements, a lot of uh, technology needed to get 
uh, through to the job into the job world. Not like the old days, you walked around and hey, you can have an application and you fill it out. It's uh, they don't even have that anymore. You're not allowed to do that. The, um, the other thing we we we've got to recognize after COVID, uh, people stayed home, mm-hmm. and now they've gotten used to the flexible work. I don't have to come in an office. I'd rather have a job where I have a balance in my quality of life. We have to look at our strategies around the workplace as well. People don't necessarily want to come into an office. Can we provide the technology that allows those employees to work outside the outside the office? Um, and you know, our that's a really interesting observation because I'm over 60 and it, it still causes me a little discomfort when I see the WFH. We, we're very flexible at our work environment, but it's still like, oh, you know, I can't do the pop in. But I, you, I think you're right. Younger folks uh, want to be able to have that flexibility. And you know, some early studies are showing that if handled and managed correctly can actually increase uh, productivity because you don't have things like, you know, commutes and other things. You can you can sit down, you can get to work if you if you have the right technology and, of course, the right attitude and some uh, good supervision and, and guidance. You, you can you can do that right. And being flexible will draw them in. Absolutely. I want to shift gears with you on something um, you've worked for. And it's one of those things is basically, as I understand it, two forms of municipal government, a strong mayor and a city manager form of government. You've worked in both areas Help us a little bit understand what, you know, what, what did you experience that was different and that you would share with other city managers uh, to help them understand the best, the best approach to each? Sure. Uh, the, I, I love both and, and able to thrive in both. Uh, the strong mayor, uh, it's the, the, the challenges are less than the city manager, county administrator role. You end up having five, seven bosses that you that you really have to work with, and once you, if you have a great relationship with those those that leadership, it makes our job easier. Uh, the strong mayor form of government, you only have to listen, respond to one boss, and make sure that boss is satisfied with um, this, the approach and the actions and the activity. Um, that you're and your performance as you as you move forward. Uh, but at the end of the day, that mayor serves a certain term limit. And so you as a leader working for a strong mayor recognize that you are just as termed, could be as termed as as they are. So in the strong you, it's funny because in a strong mayor form of government, right, you still have to have a chief administrator. You still have to have, I mean, I presume that you would have like the equivalent of the mayor is the chair. Uh, you still have to have a CEO. Um, no, is that right? Am I right nece- about that? Not, not necessarily. You may have a chief of staff or you may have, uh, for example, I was a deputy mayor in the city of Baltimore. So I reported directly to the to the mayor. Um, so you, 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 it's almost the uh, same. You were the, dep- you were the deputy mayor. Was that an elected position or appointed I was appointed. I was deputy mayor for all of the oper- for the operations of the city of Baltimore under uh, then Martin O'Malley before he became governor for the state of Maryland. So I was his deputy. I was one of the dep- four deputy mayors that he had. But um, to your point, there are different the different uh, government uh, organizational strat- uh, organization setups. But uh, again, each organization is different. You may have a strong mayor with deputy mayors, or you may have a strong mayor with a chief of staff. 
uh, or you may have a city manager or county administrator um, with uh, assistant county administrators. So those in that perspective, they vary. So, but they, I guess with the downside, if you're the number two person in that shop under a strong mayor, if the mayor leaves, you leave. You're basically, and that's where I was. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're you're number two, you're strong. You're with the strong mayor. You are termed. You usually plan on being termed with the strong mayor. In the county, I'm finding you now in today's county administrator or city uh, city manager. If you are in that number two position. You may or may not find yourself in that same situation. I see a lot of organizations moving in that direction as well. Interesting, interesting. But if you're the city manager, you have five bosses uh, and the, the rotation is less. But then again, you have five heads, five people with axes that want to chop off your head if, if you if you mess up. Or, or five <laughs> people that just love you. So uh, that's, that's right. right. That's right. That's right. Way to be the optimist to my pessimism. <laughs> you know, we'd like to close with um, a little promo for your city. Tell us, uh, I, I was impressed, by the way, that you're one of the youngest cities, which means you have an active labor force there. Uh, cost of living is lower than it is in the surrounding areas, Boca, West Palm, parts of West Palm anyway, clearly Palm Beach on the island. Um so I, I, I love that the way you laid that out to show that for businesses, we've got a we've got a vibrant workforce. We're not just a bunch of South Florida retirees. Um, you have cultural diversity. Uh, you're not quite as culturally diverse as Broward, right? But nor are you as uh, uh, monochromatic as some some parts of the state. Um, so I love the way you laid that out. I take it that's your pitch packet to different businesses. But before we wrap up, tell us something we don't know about Boynton that, that would make me want to go visit there. Sure. Uh, well, again, we are we are central location in what we call hot Palm Beach County market. Uh, so we're our, our relationship, our situational position with our larger uh, with our sister cities is perfect. We are part of the South County ecosystem for 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 this county, and we are excited about our our place. We our our numbers are strong. Our economic uh, numbers are strong. Our job numbers are strong. We rival West Palm Beach, Boca, uh, Delray in those job numbers as well. So we are right in with with our sister cities. Del Rey is a great place to be. They have the avenue. Um, they, they've done a great job with business attraction. West Palm Beach is doing a great job at attracting uh, new businesses, new development in West Palm. And Boca is doing the same. We are attracting, uh, starting and beginning to attract some of those businesses as well. Well, there were some areas that you that you felt like uh, Boca, uh, Boynton Beach was behind. And tell us a little bit about those and what you're doing to address those. We 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 didn't won our challenge. We didn't have a defined downtown. Um, you talk. We just mentioned some of those cities. They have a defined downtown. If you wanted to get to a downtown, you know exactly where your downtown West Palm mm -hmm. is. Uh, you just head down to you know, Clematis or, or Bright Flagler. 
um, you have downtown Del Rey. Del Rey has the avenue. You go right downtown, you, you know, right there and, and sing with Boca. We didn't have, we still are working towards having a divine, defined downtown. That has been one of our challenges. It is occurring. It is hap- beginning to happen. Um, and it will happen. If we have anything to do with it, it will happen. But once we get there, uh, I think that's one of our, our largest challenge. We don't have a problem attracting businesses. We don't have a problem attracting people. Our residents are great. Our leadership is in place. Our commission has been wonderful in supporting our, our initiatives and providing the, our, the leadership uh, in, in the direction that we should go in. It is really, we, we, are, we are transitioning and we're a city of renaissance. So we are beginning to grow. Is there anything unique or different about Boynton that you that you just love? I just love the... Because, you know, you answered that like an engineer, right? You, you gave me all the data. <laughs> you gave me all the statistics. Now I want to talk to your heart. What, is there something about Boynton that you go, you know, I really <laughs> like this place because... I love this place because of the potential. The potential is here. You could, we could write our own future, and we are. And that's what's exciting about it. We mentioned Wynwood earlier starts out with a couple of warehouses. They bring in artists. They start painting murals on walls. And now you can't find an apartment for anything reasonable in, in Wynwood. That's exactly uh, in fact, right. That's in fact, they're a victim of their own success. Now the residents want all the warehouses and, and, and clubs to move out. And so that's what's established Wynwood. And now the residents say, hey, we don't want that anymore. But it is... It is a great place to be. And no, it's true. When once we got it where we want it, we want to pull up the ladder, right? We're like, oh, so we're <laughs> so we want we want to, we want that. We're working on that success. We're going to have that success. We're going to be uh, the next destination, hot destination in uh, South County. You know, it's funny because I'm watching. It's very similar because you're surrounded by Boca. You're surrounded by West Palm. I mean, really nationally recognized uh, cities. Down in just south of you, you've got, you know, Fort Lauderdale, Lauder Hill, Wilton Manors, all these really cool areas. And then sitting there was Pompano Beach, right? And Pompano Beach was kind of run down, a little getting a little tired. They did, they put in some uh, walkways, they, they improved some of the roads up there, put in some infrastructure, some downtown parks, uh, parks along the waterway, improved the pier, and then bam, so I, I see if if you were to tell me one thing about Pompano Beach, um, I would say it's it's got the same thing. It's got that potential, right? And with some of those cool restaurants that are opening up on the water, you can just feel the revitalization going on and the energy there. That's that's where I am. We there's such potential here that we we're going to write our we're writing our own story as we speak. We have a great marina to begin with. And then we yeah, just continue to grow that. And yeah. um, uh, and businesses are moving and relocating here. Um, just a shameless plug. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure we could save it. Pu- uh, Publix has a distribution center here. And they're, they've decided to expand. And that is expanding. So another 300 jobs is coming uh, to the city very soon. And we're going to help with that. Um, so we see, Fantastic. and I mentioned the mall earlier, say that we're, we were understand that we're number three on their list of malls that they're coming in and, and renovating. So they're, they're addressing one and two 
our mall would be number three on that list. And they're looking at not just retail, they're looking at creating those mixed use entertainment destinations. So Boynton Beach Mall will be a, another destination for for residents and visitors. Yeah, it's funny because we went through that period of time where like, oh, every mall in America is now going to close. Of course, that didn't happen. But what we are seeing, like you said, is a repurposing of malls. You're seeing malls opening up amphitheaters, living spaces, and other entertainment uh, there. And those mall and cities that work hand in glove can create great new great new spaces, almost like uh, little quasi little exurbs, right? Little areas to live, work, and play. That's it. And that's, that's, and I mentioned earlier, that's our secret. We're going to create a lot of these small micro districts. David Scott, uh, the city of Boynton beach, director of economic development and strategy. Uh, David, I really appreciate you being on. Uh, It's been fantastic. Uh, Folks, this is Steve Van Cor, and this has been the FCCMA podcast, a service produced by and for the Florida city and county management association. Thank you for being with us.